Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Ethan Schultz. I'm your host of the True You Podcast. Here at True You, we have conversations with people living their best lives in hopes that you will gain value. Enjoy. All right, we are live back in the True You studio for the 70th time. We have Mr. Joseph King Barkley on with us today, and Joseph is an executive coach, a keynote speaker, and an author from Los Angeles, California. He's had over 20 years of experience in leadership development and entrepreneurship, including starting two churches in the Hollywood area. Joseph is passionate about liberating the potential of everyone he gets to serve. And he's been married for over 20 years to Katie and is the proud father of two incredible daughters. Sounds like a great life you live, Mr. Joseph. Oh, man. Welcome to the There's podcast. There's so much to be grateful for. Yeah, Ethan, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm grateful to have you. You know, we've really built a, what I, I think is an incredible uh, connection and, and service just, uh, you know, crossing each other's paths over the last couple, few short months. Um, and I just love your energy and your, your heart. Like you, when I, when I think of Joseph, I think of like a heart of service and giving and Mm. I just love that, man. I love that. Wow. Well, that's meaningful to hear Ethan. And maybe that's part of what resonated between us because having met you months ago and not just hearing what you were up to, but just the way that you paid attention to me in a conversation I could immediately pick up that you were somebody who just cared. You cared about other people. You, you cared about um, being curious. And I, I love having distraction-free conversations with you, which is what you create. So maybe that's Thank part you. of what connected us is I see that same heart of service and compassion in you. Thank you. I received that. And I think that that is really interesting to think about how that can kind of attract and bring others together. You can spot that in folks mm-hmm. or I can, we, we can spot that. And, and um, what gets created in that space? Like that's, that's a beautiful place for us to even start talking about is the conversations that we get to have because there is yeah. like that, that like immense focus, I would say focus and like um, that curiosity that, just invites so much new possibility into the the energy and the conversation and really creates vision. I mean, we've we've already yeah. spent a very short period of time and there's been great vision created already. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, especially in the work that that we get to do, you know, uh we <laughs> I like being in conversations with people who where where there's like it's like we're on a race to curiosity and a race to transparency. Like we're trying to over out each other and we're trying to over curious each other. (laughs) (laughs) And whenever that happens, like when you're just committed to, I'm going to be real. And you're also Mm -hmm. committed to uh, inquiry, uh, Mm -hmm. just intense curiosity of the person you're getting to sit across from. It is, I mean, maybe it's less remarkable now because we've gotten to see it so often, but it is, I would say it's a fast track to intimacy. It's a fast track to trust. It's a fast track to collaboration, um, maturity. And like you said, vision, it, it is remarkable what comes up when you've got a couple people committed to, I'm going to be real yeah. and I'm going to be curious. 
Yeah, I love that. I what's coming up for me is like, how do is there like a grounding or a way that you um, are, are you naturally like that with people, or do you have you like worked towards becoming that hmm. version of you that builds curiosity and and is there and connects like that? Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I'm trying to be accurate with my response. I am naturally extremely curious about other people have been my whole life. Um, from when I was a kid, I loved sitting down with my grandparents and asking them endless questions about what it was like to grow up in their generation. Um, I just get fascinated with other people. And I would say that again committed to be to be real it's also a pretty convenient way to hide so i have overplayed it often in my life and historically have used it as a way of not being seen or of you know how you know sometimes and maybe some of your your listeners will respond to this sometimes when you go to a like a party or some sort of large gathering and, and you're you're not sure who to talk to and, and maybe you're an introvert a lot of people, they go to the bathroom first just to set themselves yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. and get a little bit grounded and like, I'm going to be okay. And, you know, maybe they yeah. double check themselves in the mirror. And for me, sometimes asking a lot of questions is like going to the bathroom when I'm in a conversation with somebody where I'm like, I'm not sure. And again, this is like when it's, uh, I'm disempowered. It's like, right. I'm not sure how to be, I'm not sure how to impress them. I'm not sure how to answer a question. I'm not sure what to say. Yeah. So it's a, I'll ask them a, a battery of questions as a, a way to hide. And that's actually less, I'm actually turning down my curiosity valve there. It's just a way of filling up the time with noise until I can regroup. That's a really powerful um, notice, like turning off the curiosity when you're in that disempowered phase or that like, let me go reground or ask questions. Mm -hmm. Like I, what I was thinking when you were speaking is like, I used to be so, and then I still am like, I'm just, I'm so aware of it now, but the look good survival need, or like if I see value oh, yeah. in somebody or a, or a vision that we could do something or create, I'm like, I get into that needy mode or I've, I found myself into that, in that space. So then I'm, and then I'm, I'm, I get to like put myself in check. And like, even right before, like today, before the podcast, I'm like, don't take life so seriously. Like we don't need anything oh, and, good. and just, yeah, it, that, that's what helps me. But I love that, um, the disempowered versus the empowered Do you, tell us more about like, like, how do you find yourself in that mm -hmm. empowered version? Is there a way that you like invite mm -hmm. them in or is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do have some mantras that uh, I've crafted or have been, um, I've seen other people use. Uh, we have a, a friend in common, Chris North, who has been my executive coach for quite some time. And uh, he has a grounding of, what's that? <laughs> he gets brought up all the time. Sorry. Yeah. Shout out, yeah. Chris. Keeps going. <laughs> Love you, Chris, if you're listening. Um, we, I've, start, I've labeled them chrisms like criticisms, little phrases he'll use and uh, chrisms.com. He can buy for $5,000. We looked it up one time, but it, wasn't, it didn't seem worth it. But one of his chrisms um, is uh, I don't need anything from you. I'm here to serve. 
and he'll mm-hmm. you know, ground himself in that right before he's on a, a coaching call, or maybe it's just an intake call where he's talking about somebody's vision. Um, I, maybe he uses it just to ground himself in general. I found that to be extremely resourceful for me. There's some other ones that I've added to that, which is I am a powerful person liberating the potential of powerful people. Mm-hmm. And it's important for me to remember that I have the word power for me is an interesting, I, I think that people who don't consider themselves powerful are probably using their power in ways that are, are they're at least they're unaware. I'm not saying it's always destructive, but by virtue of the fact that you are alive, you have a certain power. You, you move atmospheres around you. You have influence. You have, you have the ability to love and to care for, and you have a, you have gifts and talents, whether you lean into them or not, but those are given to you so they can be given through you for the benefit of the world around you. You are a powerful person. When I'm disempowered, I lose awareness of it. And so I actually still may be brandishing my power, but it's, it's in a way that could be wasteful. It could be, well, like I just said, I have a power of curiosity, but I could use that to hide. So there's a way that I'm, I'm actually not creating intimacy because I'm not leaning into the power of real curiosity to see the person, understand the person I'm sitting in front of. So to, to start my grounding with, I am a powerful person is uh, helpful for me. And I also think to the benefit of the people I get to interact with and then re- releasing potential, liberating potential of powerful people. Again, I'm assuming you're powerful because you're alive, you're breathing. Mm-hmm. There is a, there is a capacity that you have and you're probably capable of more than you're experiencing. And I want to do at least play my part to put a pebble in your shoe or ask a question that may have you take another look at something you'd shut off or, or ignored and maybe unlock a little bit more of your ability to, to change your world. So that's, you know, that's, that's a very beautiful music to my ears. I think a lot about it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, that's incredible. I love the the power direction of the conversation that we're stepping into. Like it, it when you said you are a powerful person, like we all possess power naturally by being put God invented us. We're here. We have some we have gifts mm-hmm. and and I love I wrote down power comes in different identities. Mm. And, <laughs> um it's really interesting cuz I was I was going to ask you uh before you kept going a little bit what is power? And then we kind of got into that and it's like, and it may, it may be fun to explore a little bit further, even like what is power and then how do we, how do we harness it? How do we use it? Yeah. Yeah. We could certainly go there because I think that there's a lot of conversations right now I'm noticing that are resistant, afraid of power. Um, and and I think there's good reason for that, sure, because could power, is power used to tear down, destroy, ignore, demean? Absolutely. Of course it is. Um, but the antidote to that is not uh, the removal of power. <laughs> it is the reallocation of power into love. Mm. Uh, you have no choice but to be powerful. You don't wow. have an option. You are. 
Um, and the more that we uh, become aware, um, the more that we act in humility, um, the more that we act in advocacy, generosity, the more that that power, you know, Jesus said this thing that was always fascinating to me, which he said, overcome evil. Um, he said, overcome evil with good. And that seems like a duh, a no brainer, but I did some word studies on this because I'm kind of a nerd that way. And the original sentence is, um, means something more like um, be a proactive force of mercy and evil will automatically reduce in the world. Wow. So it's not like this idea of like standing toe to toe on the line and you're fighting evil. Like I'm the force of good and you're the force of evil, but rather focus your life on being a proactive force of mercy, generosity, good in the world. You are a power in the world and automatically evil is reduced. So I think power is neutral in terms of morality, um, but it can be siphoned into things that are destructive or siphoned into things that are, that create beauty and create life and vibrancy. And mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. there's a lot of different things we could double click and go into there, but I, I, I want to have the healthiest relationship with my power possible. Yeah. Cause I think the that's a benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. It's poetry, really. I mean, I, I, I took some notes on that when you were speaking and um, the proactive force of humility, advocacy and generosity. And, and, and what I was thinking when you were saying that is like, we, I would imagine become more and more aware of our gifts and our impact when we are that version of us. Mm. And it reminds me of like some people, well, I don't know what my gifts are or what, mm. you know, my capabilities are. And, and it's like, that's such a beautiful in is just be a proactive force of humility, advocacy, and generosity. Just be out there proactive. Mm -hmm. Like, and you'll discover a lot of this. Um, yeah. I think you discover a lot of people think that you discover your gifts. Then you serve. Mm -hmm. Um, but I found it to be the case that you discover your gifts when you serve. Mm -hmm. So just by, you know, it could start very, very close at home. It could be a sibling. It could be your parents. It could be a spouse. It could be, you know, obviously children. And you're thinking about, gosh, what could I do today to serve without strings attached? And the, by putting the object in motion, by starting to move in, in acts of service, what happens, and this is very practical, so just for anybody listening, it's not just like magically something, some gift emerges, but as you're serving people, start to pay attention to the value that you're providing in a way that to some other people might feel like a, a magic trick, like something that is somewhat, not effortless, but somewhat simple or instinctive for you while you're serving that for other people might seem a little challenging or maybe not as reflexive for them. And you might be onto something. I wouldn't be too quick to label it, but let's say that for instance, you're at your job and uh, you are interacting with a client or a customer. And as you're doing everything you can to serve them and to provide the service to them, you also just start to encourage 
like you just have it just kind of happens reflexively for you that um um, wait hold on <laughs> i didn't obviously no, not sure it's not turn on my do not disturbs there but okay. let's say that you just start to encourage mm-hmm. now for some people that is not a reflex it'd be nice if people encouraged more for sure but for a lot of people that is that may not be uh where they naturally go but for you it might be huh mm-hmm. i wonder if that's a gift that you would bring not just to that job, but to every relationship in your life, that you are a precise encourager. You call out very specific things you see in people and you embolden them to, Mm. uh, to do more of that. That's just one example. I mean, there's such a list of gifts, but you wouldn't have known that if you weren't already in motion trying to serve somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think the act of service is extremely helpful in terms of identifying yourself there's a part of yourself that you would not see or know if you were not placing yourself in the role of servant. I love that. And what's coming up for me too is like if if this is new for people, it's like, it's like oftentimes doing any of these things or, or choosing to become somebody that's of service or wants to encourage people like, oh, I never do that or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like that, that it may feel icky or off or really like anything new, any change there is naturally going to be that like question mark in our head or maybe resistance to if we're not somebody that's come from certain spaces, not just this conversation, but a lot of new areas. So just inviting mm-hmm. people into like, it is going to take a little bit of a like sacrifice or, um, a feeling of uncertainty going into anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I love that. And, and, and um, just choosing to be somebody of service and encouragement. That's beautiful. It's beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. And on a, on a monetary level, uh, <laughs> the, um, if you are, the more and more you are aware of the value that you bring to the world around you, the simpler it is to find jobs or clients or opportunities. Um, it is a, because whether you're aware of it or not, the world needs something that you can give. Wow. And, and so by serving you're, you're unlocking, you know, obviously a superpower to be able to, to benefit, enhance the lives of people, but you may also be zeroing in on things that are incorporated into your career. Um, so yeah, I think it's a huge yeah. opportunity in service. Yeah. A hundred percent. Is there any notices that like the, or any ways of like, f- do you think feeling or emotion or mm-hmm. even physical sensation or anything that strikes as like, Oh, I've tapped into my gift or do you have any experiences mm-hmm. yourself or with others? Sure. I, uh, um, well, I'll tell you about the feeling and then I'll tell you a, a brief story of one example in my life. The, there is a feeling of what would the emotion be? I want to be accurate with this. There is a, a sense of, well, we can call it satisfaction, but I think it's also paired with a desire to repeat the, the moment. So you, wow, it was, 
to see the smile on their face when this happened or to see the opportunity that they got because I'm a great networker. I connect people. Wow. Man, I, it's kind of habit forming. It's almost addictive. Like I, I think I want to do more of that. So that's an interesting kind of Venn diagram to think about as you're paying attention to what do you do reflexively that's enhancing the lives of somebody else, the life of somebody else. And then is there a desire to do more? Not, so I'll pause there because I could say more about that. Um, that's something that comes up for me. So for me, a real quick story is I was a career musician for 12 years um, and I wrote songs for television. And my wife and I got involved in a local church in Hollywood. Um, and two years, and I helped out with music while I was there, which that made sense. That's one of the ways that I could serve. Uh, two years into that church going, um, the guy who was the lead pastor, so he taught almost every weekend, sat me down and said, hey, I'm stepping down. My family's going to be moving, and I want you to be the next lead pastor here. And which that was hysterical to me. I, uh, that was not in the plan. He might as well have asked me to be an astronaut. It was just bizarre. <laughs> so I laughed at him. I said, don't tell anybody. He, he didn't. I went home, told my wife, and then she laughed. <laughs> um, but then months roll, roll by and this curiosity around it started to form. And I, and my wife and I ended up reconnecting around the idea um, four months later. And we thought, hey, maybe this is something that we we should step into, or at least explore. So we put my name in the hat, you know, mm -hmm. as the the board was discerning who was going to be the next lead pastor. And when I when I called the the chairman of the board and I told him, uh, he laughed and he said, "Can you even teach?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." Wow, <laughs> oh, wow. I've never done it before. So he's like, well, you know, we need some people on Sundays. We've got some gaps to fill in the schedule. Why don't you give it a shot? And I'm like, okay. And again, a lot more to this story, but uh, a few weeks later I taught for the first time and there was that moment mm. where I could tell that it was encouraging, helpful, it enhanced people's lives. And I had a hunger to recreate the moment. I wanted to yeah. do more of that. Uh, now that's not all of leading an organization, but that's a big component of it is communicating. And to cut to the chase, I was then, uh, I was confirmed as the lead pastor of this church uh, a few months later. <laughs> and that awesome. Sunday was the 11th sermon I had ever given in my life. <laughs> I was now awesome. leading a church, but we were off to the races because I had found uh, something that I could, I could use to benefit people. Yeah. I love how it, it began with that. All, like almost comical like like oh this is amusing thank you you know for uh, i'm i'm uh flattered but you know and then the yeah. uncertainty but then that like led to something and then you had a little taste of it and then there's that that moment like that's beautiful it, did it continue to manifest itself like what was the i'm, I'm just really curious because it, for the listeners i know joseph like we've got very intimate in a short period of time, but I don't know your backstory. Yeah. So I would love to yeah. explore. Yeah. Um, well, um, <laughs> in hindsight, I would say there were several moments throughout my life where, well, I already talked about my curiosity uh, that was popping up uh, throughout 
various seasons of my life. And, and I love that. Um, the certainly communication, public communication, um, that popped up for me when I was 30. That's when that happened for the chair. Maybe I was 28 at the time, 28 or 30. And that was really one of the first times I had ever done that other than like give book reports in school. Um, and so that was a somewhat later revelation. And maybe this encourages some listeners who are like, maybe it's too late for me. Like, I don't even know what my thing is, is that somebody else pulled out, called out something in me that they must've seen, uh, but I didn't know was there. Um, and then in terms of uh, leadership and uh, strategy, entrepreneurship, that is something that's been there all along. Like I always was the kid that had some idea of, <laughs> like I would, I would watch like, I'm a kid of the eighties and there's all these ninja movies. And I thought I actually have in my diary from back then, like a business plan to open a ninja studio. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Just cause I was like, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, so I was always coming up with ideas of, Hey, how could we put something together and deploy people to, to create something in the world. So that has been there all along, but I went to school. Uh, I got my undergrad in business uh, marketing. And I thought I was going to be a corporate attorney actually was where I thought I was going to go. But while I was in school, I got the music bug. I started playing guitar when I was in college, but by the end of my college career, I had a record deal and toured a little bit with a band, uh, actually quite a bit with a band for a few years. And then when I met my wife, we did that for a few more years. And then she and I decided that if we're going to raise kids, I don't want to do that on the road. Mm -hmm. So then I parlayed that and some of the relationships I built into writing songs for ABC. And that kept me home. So I had a home studio. I could stay here and we had our first daughter <clears throat> and we got really involved in the, uh, this local church, which that's the story that created the story that I told previously. Um, but I left music behind other than as a hobby. And it's been fun to see my daughters actually pick up the baton and they are way better musicians than I ever was. So that's been kind of fun to see that happen in their lives. Um, but I helped start one church, then broke away and started another church in the Hollywood area. Um, and then just, it's been about a year ago, started to just get restless, discern that there was a, a season of change. And we talked to a lot of people who cared about us and could speak into our lives. And again, just like it happened before, people who cared enough about me to be honest with me. And start to call out things that they saw, notices that they had about my life that started to coalesce into a, a different career path. Um, I had an executive coach. I was working with Chris at the time. So that was instrumental um, mm -hmm. in helping me see my future clearly. Um, I also have a therapist, which was vital. Uh, continue to work with him. And... Uh, that was incredible. And so there was a, a series of, of uh, over nine months of conversations, relationships, um, a lot of curiosity and a lot of new awarenesses that um, helped me confidently step into this new season as a coach. And, and um, mm -hmm. well, you know, speaking is not new for me or writing, but the coaching part is certainly a, yeah. Yeah. what I will say though is a lot of people wonder like, wow, that seems like such a big divergence. 
from what I was doing before. And it's, it's not at all. In fact, what I get to do now is really retaining what I loved so much about being a pastor. I loved being a pastor and executive coaching is, is like the powerful conversations I've been having for years on steroids. Um, yeah. So I still get to do so much of what, and probably till I drop dead. Cause those are things I can do to, to serve the world. Right. So right. that's and, my and biography. That's, that's the, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And that, that's kind of like the, the constant here is it's a service. That's what I'm seeing. And, and uh, I, again, jotting down a couple of things I, I, I wrote down resourceful. Like it seems like you're okay. Let's, let's counsel with family. Let's counsel with trusted loved ones. Let's counsel with an executive coach. And I have a therapist. So it's like, you got this kind of backbone of support here to hold you through Huge. the the seasons and, and the willingness to change. And what I'm hearing is curiosity keeps popping up. And I'm like, wow, curiosity is so linked to like change, like curiosity mm -hmm. leads to that. And, and um, not being afraid to just step in with your resources and with your curiosity exploring to, is there like a turning point where you're like, okay, I'm in, like, do you, do you feel like there's mm. like a, I've gotten curious enough or I've been resourceful enough now I know there's like, a, is it like a God, a God divine connection to the vision? Like, what is that moment of I love uh, it's that. time to start a church? What is that? <laughs> well, and Ethan, that's, I'm, I'm sure that's um, things that you've brought into your own coaching practice. That curiosity right there is so crucial for people because we postpone decisions as long as possible. Um, Unless, mm -hmm. unless we decide on a different approach, unless we decide on, um, for instance, if we decide once I have 60% clarity, I will act. Uh, once I find a, um, a common theme from the people who have wisdom around me and care a lot about me, if I'm starting to hear a common theme of something I should do, I'm going to, I'm going to jump. Um, so for me, I can certainly have the um, analysis paralysis. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. until I'm 100 percent certain, I'm not going to make a big move. And I made some big moves in my life for sure, big changes. Mm -hmm. um, and I have had to choose routinely. Hey, once I'm about, frankly, it's probably once I'm about 51 percent sure. Um, if I'm being really honest with myself, I'm probably actually a hundred percent sure. I'm just kidding myself. Yeah. When I first started, that's, what, that's it, what I was oh. coming up with. I'm like, how do you know the percentages yeah. too? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, I love the jump, but oftentimes it's like, can we just start and get a taste or like an appetizer totally. of what that life is like? And then, and then begin to collect more data. Um, I, I do like jumps yeah. too though. Cause as you're talking, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm a jumper too. But I think that <laughs> there, there's like this faith or like this, there's this kind of I'm trying to find the word for it in, in our conversation, but like this overwhelming feeling of like, just like faith and that there's something there, like God's calling me to this thing. Like there's that feeling mm -hmm. behind every jump I've had. I know that. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's unexplainable yeah. and I don't know what it's going to look like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I think getting clear on, I love the question of how would you know what the percentages are? <laughs> it is. I, I think for yeah. every person listening, you know, to be practical is why don't you get clear on what that means? You get clear on what 
let's say you're you, for you, it's a 60% thing, 60% I leave because you're never going to have 100% certainty. Yeah. And let's say that part of what makes up that 60% is um, how often the idea pops in your mind. If it's, if it's coming up every day, huh? Interesting. That's a 20% of the way there. <clears throat> you start to talk to the people. This is not every person in your life, but the people who have that wonderful mix of wisdom. So they've lived experience and they care for you. And I would actually mm -hmm. add to that people who don't have um, the stakes are not high for them. If you were to change something, mm -hmm. that's a big one. So if you're just, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're, I'm not saying that you're bored or you're uh, uh, the team that you work with or um, gosh, even your spouse, those are, that is powerful input. Do not ignore that or dismiss it. Also introduce, this is what I'm suggesting. Also introduce people who, who don't have high stake. This is why executive coaching is so crucial is you're yep. bringing in a curious voice that uh whose life does not go into chaos if you create a change. So they don't have their own mm -hmm. fears associated with if you're going to take mm -hmm. a leap. <clears throat> so maybe that's another 20%. And then, and this is a big one is your desire. What do you want? Yeah. That was what's coming up for me is like, why, why, what's the, what's yeah. the outcome I'm seeking? How do I want to impact the world from this thing, this idea? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and the other word coming up for me is believability. When you said wisdom and, and caring, mm -hmm. it's like, well, how can we go and find the, the highest amount of believability that we can in this space? And maybe there's a couple of angles yes. of believability too, but that's, that's yes. good. That's good. Yeah. And small experiments are kind of fun. Like you said, it doesn't have to always be a drastic shift. Maybe there's a way to mm -hmm. experiment with it. Hey, let's dabble in this for a little bit and see if something sparks. Yeah, like cool. did, did you have an opportunity to lead uh, any sp specific sermons or, or like work as a pastor before you made the leap as a lead pastor? Was there a way to like? Well, so yeah, it was a bit of a, um, it was an intense season of, well, let's see, it would have been April to what's April to September? So May, June, July, August. So five months. It was five months of, um, in real time, like they let me teach, they let me come into, this is back when I first became a pastor. I got to teach the 11 times I got to be involved in some decisions, because uh, it was a very collaborative environment at the time. And so that was a way to kind of test drive it without radically shifting. And even, and I would say I could have probably made a more decisive shift, but even when I started pastoring, I still was nursing a little bit of a music career that created challenges at home because I was working now, you know, so many hours a week. Mm -hmm. um, it was not healthy or sustainable, but um, th that's an example of where I didn't take this. Uh, it might've occurred to some people as a huge leap, but it still was, it was more like adding to my life, something that I was going into um, rather than replacing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I did have a chance to, to test drive for quite a while. Um, yeah. And found that I loved it Awesome, and it served people. Man, so. this conversation's a, I, I love just flowing with you, brother. It's beautiful. Um, we are, we're getting, we're getting close to the end of this bad boy. So we're going to start transitioning a little bit, but this is all great stuff. I've got a lot of notes myself. So I hope people are getting a lot of value. I'm sure they are. Yeah, me too. Um, how would you speak into people? Uh, let's say like, is there any, 
golden nuggets tied into uh, or like the last 10 percent of whether mm. it's um you're a powerful person that was a highlight of this podcast or the transition and the curiosity and resourcefulness and then the <laughs> journey like is there any last 10 percent of nuggets that we can gift our our audience with before we jump yeah two things come up for me just from the story that i've gotten to share and thank you ethan for creating space for that one is you can't find yourself by yourself. Um, so community is huge and who you're allowing to speak in your life and ask questions, get curious, all that for you. Um, the other one is that humility, the way that you know you're, you're dealing with a truly humble person is confidence. Uh, mm -hmm. Because humility is knowing who you are and knowing who you need. Mm. So... It's, it's, there's more of it needed in the world. I want to live into it more. When I'm truly humble, I know who I am. I know the power that I have. Mm. And I am, I make it clear that I have something to offer because the world needs to know that you've got something to offer. So that's confidence. But I also, I know who I need. So I'm not going to pretend like I can do it all or that I don't need certain things that I, I don't have, I can't do by myself. So that's, that is the another nugget i think that uh, yeah they so walk hand in hand that's beautiful that's beautiful mm -hmm. um where can we stalk you find you get coached from you how can we find joseph barkley in the world yeah so my website is aimreadyfire.com aimreadyfire.com and that's how you can find access to all the different things including setting up just a a free conversation to talk about your life and see if there's a way I could serve you. Um, and then I'm on uh, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn, just Joseph King Barkley on all those platforms. Uh, Joseph Reach King Barkley. And uh, yeah, would love to connect with anybody. If, if something I've said made you curious, if there's something we could do, some magic we can make working together. Absolutely. People reach out to him. This guy is gold. I love getting an opportunity to talk with you every chance that we do. And I love serving with you impact i love serving with you ethan it's beautiful man so thank you so much we're not quite done i always lend or end it with a general um message for the true you audience whatever you would like to leave our our lovely audience members with today before we jump. wow okay no pressure I, at all joseph yeah so this <laughs> is it if i had one last thing to say yep uh okay well where my mind is going right now is that you're don't be so committed to comfort that you create discomfort. Mm -hmm. So don't be so committed to staying where you are that you avoid the risk of change. You avoid the challenge of change. You are, you are created to create, you are created to write the future. And by by being addicted to staying put and staying comfortable and staying the same, not only will you miss out on the adventure of your life, but there are countless people around you who would miss out on everything that you have to offer. So, so get your 60%. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That is, and that's, that's good. <laughs> you are created to create.
that's a really good one, man. I love, I love all of that. Thank you so much, Joseph. Um, I'm sure I'll be seeing you very soon. And uh, to the true you audience, thank you all for joining us for another episode of the true you podcast. We hope you got a lot of nuggets, reach out to Joseph. He is amazing. And uh, until next time, brother, thank you. Thank you, Ethan. This episode is brought to you by good buds co. GoodBuds is a Southeast Minnesota leading cannabis brand that is actively inspiring people to grow their belief in the benefits of the plant while creating a vision for better health, economic change, and community awareness. Their scientifically proven products have gotten raving reviews and are an absolute top choice to boost your overall wellness with a natural solution. And as a social business, GoodBuds prides itself in being a give-first company. After all, we could use a good bud. Find them at www.goodbudsmn.com and for a 10% discount on your next purchase, enter in TRUE-U, all lowercase, and enter that in the coupon code space upon checkout. Also, be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook by searching GoodBudsMN. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the True You Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Schultz. Until next time, deuces.